everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are looking at Matthew 14, Mark 6, and Luke 9, verses 1 to 17. And it basically covers a couple of things. One, we hear about the beheading of John the Baptist. Uh, Two, we see Jesus sending out the disciples to witness to the surrounding towns. Uh, We hear about Jesus feeding the 5,000, and we hear about Jesus walking on the water. So it's kind of funny how when you got into these Gospels, uh, there's just so much packed into these stories. So there's a couple things I want to unpack here today. Uh, One is that when Jesus sends out the 12 to witness to the surrounding communities, uh, yesterday I had talked about how it seems like Jesus would preach repentance, he would preach the need for faith, uh, and a lot of times he would you know, preach the need of forgiveness for sin, and then he would heal people uh, to confirm that he had forgiven their sin. And one of the things that sticks out to me in Mark today, if you look at Mark chapter 6, verse 12, this is after Jesus gave them the instructions to go and do these things. He gave them the authority to go do these things. It says, so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So again, like I'm not making like a blanket statement, like Jesus always forgave sin and preached repentance first and then healed people. I know there's instances where he just heals people. Um, Actually, you could probably make that case about the crowds that show up to be ministered to in these chapters that we read today. But it is interesting that here again, the disciples themselves are preaching repentance and then healing people to confirm that the sins of the people have been forgiven because they have come to believe in Jesus. So I think that's an important thing that we don't want to miss, uh, that healing is a very important part of ministry. I think it remains a very important part of ministry today. Uh, But again, we don't ever want to be healing people without preaching repentance, without bringing people to a place of faith. Uh, Otherwise, it's just magic tricks and entertainment. So we want to be careful about that. Uh, The other thing I noticed is we hear about John the Baptist. It's interesting how we hear about John the Baptist. It's sort of like this past tense story that gets heard. Um, With reading the three Gospels today, it feels like Jesus sends the apostles out uh, to witness in the towns, and they start to heal people. And this causes quite a stir uh, that makes Herod the Tetrarch um, more aware of who Jesus is, and he's a little bit nervous about Jesus is who, who Jesus is. And so there's this stirring that happens where people are telling Herod the Tetrarch, this is not the Herod um, from the beginning of the story, by the way, this is not the Herod that killed off all the babies in Bethlehem. Uh, this is like his son who's now ruling half of the kingdom instead of the whole kingdom. That's Herod the Tetrarch. Uh, when he hears about what's happening, he thinks that either John the Baptist has risen from the dead, indicating that people were aware uh, of people rising from the dead. Or he thinks maybe this is Elijah because Malachi had preached that Elijah would come. Or maybe this is just like an old school prophet that is rising up. And so he becomes very nervous. And we hear through the nervousness of Herod of the story of how he had killed John the Baptist. One of the interesting things we hear about John the Baptist is that John has been in an argument with Herod for some time because Herod has taken his brother Philip's wife as his own wife. And John takes issue with this and is apparently very actively preaching against Herod, 
uh, the Tetrarch, and this makes his wife, his brother's wife, Herodias, very upset. So Herod kind of reluctantly throws John into prison and intends to just keep John in prison. Um, but, but one night, I guess, when Herod is throwing this giant party, he has Herodias's daughter, so this could be essentially either his own niece or his own daughter, uh, dancing to entertain this hall of leaders, of men. And it says that Herod is so entertained that he tells Herodias' daughter she can have whatever she wants. So even that part of the story is kind of gross, um, because I can't imagine this is like a dance recital kind of situation. I think it is much more than that. And the fact that these men are so pleased feels a little bit odd. Um, but basically... This daughter is told that she can have whatever she wants. Herodias tells her to ask for the head of John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is beheaded. And so when that happens, it seems like that happens at about the same time that the apostles are out preaching in all these towns and cities, preaching repentance and healing people. Um, Jesus hears about the death of John the Baptist, it seems like, when these men return from their sort of missionary journey. So these stories are all kind of happening at the same time. And when Jesus hears about it, he immediately withdraws to a desolate place. I, I think this is an interesting fact, and I don't ever want us to miss this, that Jesus is in this regular habit of withdrawing from people, going to a desolate place, and usually it is to be in a place of prayer and a place of solitude. Now, I think solitude um, is incredibly important. One of the things that sticks out to me is that this is Jesus on his earthly mission, his earthly ministry, and it is a key critical part of his earthly ministry that he withdraws to desolate places. He seeks the Lord in prayer. Uh, he seeks the Lord in silence. If Jesus, in order to do his ministry, if Jesus, who is God, in order to do his ministry, needs times of silence and solitude, surely we need the same exact thing. And this is kind of a lost art on us. We live in a really busy uh, kind of noisy time and place. And we have a lot on our plates. We have demanding jobs. We have demanding families. Um, we have plenty of distractions. And it seems as though this silence and solitude piece is kind of a lost heart. In fact, a lot of people struggle with even being silent. A lot of people struggle with even going to a place where they are going to do nothing because it feels like it's just a giant waste of time. Uh, but I do want to encourage you. I think it's I think it's a great practice monthly. Um, I think we should all strive to be in places of solitude just to seek the Lord in silence, to remove ourselves from all the noise uh, of our homes and our jobs and our you know communities and really to seek God in prayer. It's, it's really hard to hear from the Lord um, when we're never making a place of silence where he's able to speak to us. So if there's any kind of advice I have for you from the reading, it's that Jesus sets an example of silence and solitude, and we should follow that example. We should not just ignore it. So he, he tries to go out to this place of solitude, and somewhere in the, the middle of this whole thing, either it's like before he gets where he's going or it's shortly after he gets there, uh, the people hear that he's going to be there. And so this giant crowd of people of at least 5,000 men plus women and children go out to this place to seek him. And so he's left with all these people. He has compassion on them. He sees them as sheep without a shepherd. And so he preaches them about the kingdom of God. And then they need fed. And so he feeds them with five loaves and two fish. There's this really interesting scenario where the disciples are like, hey, we need to get these people out of here so they can buy food. 
And Jesus is just like, now we have enough. Just go ahead and feed them. And so he just feeds them these five loaves and two fish, and they never run out. And in fact, uh, the people are satisfied because of the food they have. They are very full. And there is 12 baskets left over. If you're really into biblical numerology, uh, I'm not. Uh, but I do know that 12 is oftentimes kind of the number of wholeness and completion. So it's not by accident that there are 12 baskets left over. Just like there's 12 tribes of Israel, that's kind of wholeness. That's a complete uh, family. Here we have 12 leftover baskets. It means that these people are completely filled. They have everything they desire, and they are at peace with Jesus. And then Jesus also uh, wants to get away from these people. So as he's dismissing the people, he has the disciples go out and get in the boat. And as the boat's going across the water, Jesus missed the boat because he was spending so much time dismissing these people. So he just walks out on the water. At first, the disciples thinks he is a ghost, uh, but Peter catches on pretty quickly and steps out on the water with him. So Peter gets out of the boat. My extra credit thing or thought on that is that Peter oftentimes catches a lot of flack because he steps out on the water towards Jesus, but notices the waves instead and starts to sink. And the reason I think Peter catches a lot of flack is because it's very common to say, oh, Peter, he was so distracted by the waves that he started to sink. But what we oftentimes forget is that there were 11 other men, at least 11 other men, in the boat that never even thought to step out on the water. So this is one of those instances where Peter is catching a bad break, uh, but actually he's the one that's doing the most faithful thing. So obviously he should have kept his eyes on Jesus to continue to walk on the water, uh, but he is the only one that is drawn to Jesus on the water. He takes a step of faith toward Jesus. So there's a lot going on in these readings. Uh, there is a lot of takeaways that could be had. Please, please, please go and read it for yourself uh, or stick around to listen to us read it for you. I want you to hear God's words more than I want you to hear my words. Um, I think that you're a part for today. I just am, I'm pretty passionate about silence and solitude. I think it is very, very important. Uh, I think it may be even more important today because I think culture keeps things so noisy on purpose so that we don't hear from God and we don't enjoy relationship with God. But I encourage you uh, to step out and and make a step out. I encourage you to step out like Peter uh, into the unknown of silence and solitude because I think you will grow in your faith a lot from it. So just, you know, put it on the calendar. Uh, think about when you're going to do that. I know it's it's a little bit odd at first, a little bit strange to just sit and not do anything, uh, but make a point of seeking the Lord in that time. I think if you seek the Lord, he will draw near to you. The Bible actually promises that. Um, and, and make it a habit so that you grow in your faith through this spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. We'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow we're taking a look at John 6. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word, and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. And he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. 
because John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people, because he held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry. But because of his oaths and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, We have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they ate, and they were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides the women and children. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain and by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone. But the boat by the time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick, and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Mark chapter 6 He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. And he called the twelve, and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. 
He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said he is Elijah, and others said he is a prophet, like the one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and for the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry, but because of his oaths and his guest, he did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that he had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot all around the towns and ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages, and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, where he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up to the mountain to pray. 
And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret, and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him, and ran about the whole region, and began to bring the sick people on their beds, wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces, and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 17. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. On their return, the apostles told him about all they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we all are here in this desolate place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of fifty each. And they did so, and he had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and set them before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.